0: So I don't know what that means. That could be a really good thing. That could be a real scary thing. So let's do this. Let's make it an, an, an atypical day. Let's stand up and shake someone's hand that you don't know. Let's take take a moment and say hi. What about me? Are you happy school's over? Oh, nice. Yeah, that's right. I forget you guys got out so early. Nice. just before we open up uh let's talk about our week's challenge last week uh we were challenged to memorize uh first peter chapter 1 verses 14 or 15 and 16 and this week our statement to pray is we want to be spirit empowered to speak the truth so we don't want to just speak the truth that's what a lot of people do they'll just say what they say out their heart we want to speak the truth because we're led by the spirit of god to do that so to be spirit empowered to speak the truth and if we're holy as he is holy, we should have no fear in speaking the word of God with boldness. Do you agree? So the scripture to memorize this week is a long one. You're, you're welcome. Acts chapter 4 verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. That was an Acts act, and that's still an act today. Do you believe that? So let's put it to memory. Let's pray real quick. Father, Today we see the fullness of the Spirit of God and we seek that. Put our fears of sharing the Word of God with people away, that we're not afraid to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Give each one of us here an opportunity to share your love with those who do not know you and give us confidence that your Word will never return void. We need your presence. We need your power. We need your Spirit, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and worship.
1: The rain of darkness now in the kingdom of light, in the kingdom of life, forever under your dominion, you're the king of my life, you're the king of my life. Put out your life just to give us new life now from the lips of the forgiven, hear an anthem arise cause Jesus your life. Oh. No higher name, Jesus, you reign above it all. You, you reign above it all. You, you sent the darkness running out of an empty grave, and seated alone in glory. Throned on the highest praise, you sent the darkness running out of an empty grave. Now seated alone in glory, enthroned on the highest praise, you sent the darkness running out of an empty grave, now seated alone in glory, enthroned on the highest praise, You sent the darkness running out of an empty grave. Now seated alone in glory and thrown on the highest praise. You sent the darkness running out of an empty grave. Now seated alone in glory and thrown on the highest praise. You sent the darkness running. Out of an empty grave Now seated alone in glory enthroned on the highest crystal. Oh You reign above it all You reign above it all Over the universe and over every heart There is no higher name Jesus you reign Let all of heaven and the earth erupt in song, oh, sing hallelujah to the everlasting one. There is no higher name, Jesus, you reign above it all. higher name, Jesus, you reign above it all, reign above it all. the goodness of God Your goodness is running after, it's running after me Your goodness is running after, it's running after me With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now, I'd you. Your goodness is running, it keeps running after me Your goodness is running after, it's running after me Your goodness is running after, it's running after me With my life laid down, I'm surrendered that I give you everything Your goodness is running, it keeps running after me. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so. with every breath that i am able oh i will sing of the goodness of god
0: And dismiss the kids at this time. This is not a typical day. I want to remind you, guys, on 717 at 6 p.m. It's a Monday night. There's a men's dinner out at Anthony Smith's house. If it's if the sun's shining, and you know the way the sun's been shining this morning, that the weather could do anything. Uh, the sign-up sheet is out on the. It's out on the information desk. The tickets are $10 a piece. Is that did that change? $10 a piece. Um, we're going to barbecue. We're going to have a good time together and worship and a good time in the Word. So I'd like to invite you to be a part of that. If if you don't know the guys in the church, that's the greatest way to, to know them is to come together on that day. Um, uh, as far as the offering goes, I want to just mention that we were able, because of your faithful giving, to help a family out this week that has been going through a difficult time. And so don't think that your offerings are not used for more than just taking care of the church and taking care of the, the pastors and things like that. It's used to take care of church members that are in need and your faithfulness and your giving was a, we were able to help a family in that way. So um, let's go ahead and pray for the offering if we could. Can we do that? Father, let the boldness of our giving reflect the boldness of our willingness to share the gospel. That every step of faith we take be a step closer to sharing the love of God with those who don't know it so that our offerings result in fruit that remains. We need the Holy Spirit's confidence though to give, especially in this day and age. We need to trust your leaning and your leading in our lives. So open us up to that today, Father. I want to thank you for those who faithfully give, Lord God, and just believe that they make a difference when they do because they do it is in jesus name we pray for this offering it is in jesus sacrifice that we even give this offering in his name we pray and all god's people said amen this is my favorite song out of all the songs that we sing this is my favorite song It actually speaks to what got me to step into full-time ministry to start with is that the idea of going and reaching people for Jesus Christ. So let's sing.
1: If it's bandaging the broken Washing filthy here I am, Lord, send me. If it's loving one another, even when we don't. Agree, If I'm poor, if I'm wealthy, I'll serve you just the same. Cause here I am, alone Lord, send me on the mountain or the valley. I will choose to praise. Here I am, Lord, send me. If I'm Let my life reflect how much I love you I love you and before you even ask or oh, my answer will be yes because I love you Cuts like an arrow, I will say it anyway, because here I am, Lord, send me, and if it means that they'll reject me, oh, I will still obey, because here I am. Ciao.
0: You may be seated you may be seated about 30 years ago I went to the altar it wasn't in this building because this building didn't exist 30 years ago but 30 years ago I went to the altar in a response to a sermon that I heard that had nothing to do with my response had nothing to do with what the preacher was preaching but it had everything to do with the Holy Spirit moving in my heart to step up my game and to surrender my life to the service and the ministry of Jesus Christ. This next Sunday, which um, this next Sunday represents the completion of 25 years of senior pastor of this church um, next week. I'm not sure if applause is the appropriate response, but. Uh. And tomorrow I'm 60, so everything's over the hill. I'm almost as old as Verlin. I'm catching up on him. Because he's only, what, 83 now? He's only 83. I made a joke about him this morning and got rebuked for it, so. I can't even remember what the joke was. I'm trying to remember it, but it was something about him being old. Verlin's a good man. I was wondering how many were going to show up this week since last week was the happy part of the song and this week's the sad part of the song. Uh, And I kind of can gauge that. People need and want positive reinforcement in this day and age because it's a pretty negative world that we're living in. Last week we learned that the Lord provided for His people a way to live the best life possible, He gave us Jesus as our Savior. And the Holy Spirit is our sanctifier, meaning He gave us forgiveness and freedom from sin. Amen? Amen. Through Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit. He planted us on this very fertile hill and He expected us to yield joy and love and peace, even in the midst of suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, and humility. And in doing so, we would surrender control of our lives unto Him. But then He makes a statement in Isaiah 5 Verses 2 and 4, and then I'm going to pray. Um, he, looked, he did all this stuff for us, and then he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. So he looked for it. He was paying, he was paying attention to what was going on, but it yielded something different than what he expected. And then, then he asked the question He says, When I look for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? He asked himself the question Why did it yield wild grapes? I find it interesting that God had a plan for our lives and yet it didn't turn out the way that he expected. That we yielded something from our lives that was different than what he planned for us. And I think most of us could probably say that our lives didn't turn out the way that we planned, that we thought. And there's lots of reasons why we could say that. But the truth is that things don't always work out the way that we plan. Amen? And we're going to talk about that, but we're going to pray first. Let's, let's pray. I'm going to have to get on my knees because I need help. Father, when a man or a woman surrenders their life to the kingdom, you don't take it lightly. When we Surrender ourselves to you. You don't expect us to pull back from that. You expect us to step into that. And Father, in my own life, no matter how difficult the road has been, or no matter how many discouraging moments that I've had, you've always been there for me. To lift me up when I'm down. To set me down when I'm not doing correct. You've always been there for me. I hope, and this has been my prayer for the last few weeks, that my life has been reflective of the love that I have for you. And I hope that your people see that that love isn't just love for me, but it is your love flowing through me. Father, this if this is not a typical day, then I ask that you do something spectacular. I mean, if we're going to make it not typical. Let's open hearts up to hear the word of God today. Let's open minds up to to receive the, the words that you're trying to speak to us. Heal the broken. Encourage the discouraged. Strengthen the weak. And do it in this 45 minute time that we're together. We need your spirit. We need your power. We need your presence. Be with us today. In Jesus we pray. Amen. I didn't know if I was going to be able to get up. I was putting my shoes on today and pulled a muscle. That's what happens when you get old. You pull muscles at the strangest places and times. It's just so, if you're under fifty, you're in a good place physically. But if you're in your fifties to your sixties, you're heading for a fall. Just saying, not to discourage you. Just being honest. God asked the question, "Why did he yield wild grapes?" He went looking for wine from the vine, and he found something unexpected. And it made me wonder when he looks at me, does he see wine grapes or wild grapes? Does he see me living a life reflective of a person who's been rooted and grounded in love? Does he find in me a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory? Does he see in me a man so full of faith that I can dwell in peace in the midst of suffering? Does he find in me a humble person, gentle and good towards others? Does he find in me a person that's so full of self-control because I've surrendered control to him? When God looks at me, what does he see? Does he find a person who bears the image of Jesus and bears the fruit of God's spirit? Which is why the verse we memorized: be he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, Ye should be holy for I am holy. I should I have that memorized, I don't know why I'm looking at the page. He should be holy for I am holy we should be like God when he sees us he should see a reflection of his children God's connected us to this choice vine his name is Jesus that we may bear choice fruit which is his spirit and if that's true, then why is it when God looks at His church, He sees those sowing discord, sharing gossip, and being self-centered? It doesn't make sense that in, the, in a place where He plants, a very fertile, uh, on a, uh, plants us on a very fertile hill where He gives us His Son and His Spirit, why would He see these things in the church? Why is it when God looks at the church, He doesn't see the same sacrifice made by His people that His Son made and that His Spirit makes? why is it that when God looks at the church, he doesn't see the same spirit in his people that the Holy Spirit has for his people? A passion for Jesus Christ. A man by the name of Myers said, it will be seen then that every soul of man had the chance to becoming a fruitful vineyard. And if it became the reverse, it was due to no failure either of the wisdom or grace of God. Meaning the fault lies with us, not with God. If we're not bearing spiritual fruit, it's not because God's not giving it to us or giving us what we need to to develop that. It's that we're not choosing to receive it. And he he said earlier in Isaiah 5, he said, what more could he have done? What more could Christ do in you that could not give you a, a happy life to live in forgiveness? What more could the Holy Spirit have done to give you the best life possible? What more could be done? That's, these are the questions that God is asking of Isaiah, of his people. And this is where the song turns sad. Where he's given us an opportunity to live the best life possible with Jesus Christ and with the Holy Spirit. And yet we choose not to live it. We choose not to live it. Now, I do have to make a statement that wild grapes are not fruitless grapes. They're still grapes. On the outside, they look the same as the good grapes. But when you taste them, when you test them, when you try them, they turn out sour. They act like they have faith, but in their works, they deny faith. So it's not that you can't look like a Christian on the outside, but that doesn't mean you're acting like a Christian on the inside. Are are you with me? It's kind of sad that God offers us a life of goodness and godness and we reject that life. And he makes a statement that really sounds, this is going to get more positive, I promise. I mean, I know it's a sad song, but we're going to get into a happy part of it way at the end. God makes a statement, I'll tell you what I'll do to my vineyard. Remember, his vineyard represents us. Those who have been connected to the wine of Jesus Christ and those, those who have been connected to the wine of the Holy Spirit. So he's not talking about lost people. He's talking about saved people. I'll tell you what I'll do to them. That's nothing. I, I remember that being said by my mother. You wait till your dad gets home. That scared me to death. Or, or dad would say, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Never worked out good for me. So God says two things that He's going to do for children, for the, His children who don't want to follow His way. God will remove our protection. I'm not saying He takes away your salvation because He doesn't do that, but He does remove His protection. Isaiah 5 5 says, I'll remove its hedge and it shall be devoured. And I'll break down its wall and it should be trampled down. There's a hedge of protection that God uh, puts around his vineyard that he says, I'm going to remove that so it can be devoured. And there's a wall designed to keep the enemy out, but it'll be broken down and and so the wine and the vine will be trampled down. So what he says is, if you're not going to obey me, if you're not going to trust me, I'm just going to remove my protection over you. I'm going to let you receive what you're going to receive. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, 3, I love this verse. It says, the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. But if we want to reject him, he's going to let the evil one have his way with us. 1 John 5.18 says, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who is born of God protects him and the evil one does not touch him. But we're also told in the scriptures that we can grieve the Holy Spirit and we can quench the Holy Spirit to where the Holy Spirit isn't protecting us the way that he's created to do. Not created to do, but called to do. Which is why John 15 tells us the importance of staying connected to Jesus, meaning we can disconnect ourselves from Jesus' relation. We can't disconnect ourselves from our salvation, but we can disconnect ourselves from our protection. We can walk away from the very protection that God has for us in Jesus, and in the Holy Spirit. Second thing God does is remove our provision. He says, I'll make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed, and briars and thorns shall grow up. I'll also command the clouds that they, that they rain no rain upon it. And I thought about that, God removing his provision. We, we think of God's provision in material things as in daily bread. And that God provides for them food, clothing, and shelter. And he does that. But God provides something greater that's often rejected. God provides a greater thing than physical or material items. He provides a healthy spiritual life. Jesus said in John 10.10, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So Jesus came that we would have this abundant life, this great life. And it's not talking about abundance in physical things. It's talking about abundance in spiritual things. And yet the vineyard resists the truth of God's work and you reject what God's trying to do in you. That's the sad part of the song. Because we reject three things he says in this this passage in verse 6. We reject pruning. Pruning is the process whereby a vine is shaped so that it operates at optimal capacity. But pruning can be painful. As parts of our lives we might think are healthy or dead and dying must be removed. And God will remove that from us. And I don't know if you've ever seen an apple tree where suckers come out of the ground. But there will be little, little trees that are connected to the, to the main tree. And you have to cut them back. Otherwise they won't produce any fruit. They'll just suck the life out of you. Kind of like your cell phone's. They don't make you any money. They just suck the life out of you. But we reject pruning. Jesus said in John fifteen one and 2, says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So there's those that don't bear fruit and he takes them away. But if it does bear fruit, he prunes. So it's kind of like a lose-lose for us. But it's really a win-win. He cuts back the things that don't bear spiritual fruit. There are things in our lives that don't bear any spiritual fruit. And pruning is the means of shaping our lives in such a way that produces the best life possible. But we don't like it when God prunes us. We don't like it when he cuts things off that we think are valuable or think are pretty. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 11 says, for, all, for, for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. That's pruning. We don't like it when God disciplines us to try to help us to be more spiritual, to help us to be uh, closer to Him, to help us to rely on Him. We don't like trials and tribulations because they don't give us peace and comfort they kind of take it away. But what God's trying to do is prune you to make you more healthy spiritually. Because sometimes we can be so caught up in in ourselves that we don't even pray or our prayers are kind of halfway. But put yourself into a trial and suddenly your prayer life comes alive, right? I mean, you, you, you kind of read the Bible, but you read it just for information. But but when you desperately need God and to understand what God's doing in your life, suddenly the Bible comes alive and you're in the book. I've, I've seen it for 25 years. I've seen this happen over and over again. You think life is fine and then your life falls apart and you, then you start coming to church and then you get your life back together and you stop coming to church. I mean, that's just kind of the, the thing that happens. And we reject that. We reject pruning. God's trying to, Make us spiritually healthy, but we reject it. We reject, we reject hoeing. Hoeing is the removal of weeds that allow the fruit to grow freely. It's the softening of the soil around the the vine. Opens us up to water and opens us up to to uh, nutrients. And Jesus teaches the value of this in the parable of Luke, in Luke chapter 8, but I'm going to explain it through the principle of the parable that he teaches. In Luke chapter 8 and verse 11, he says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. So he's talking about how the word of God is connected to spiritual growth. The ones along the path are those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from the hearts so that they may believe not believe and be saved. So the seed's of the Word of God and it can be minimized if it's not careful. Some of us minimize the Word of God. And our hearts are just hard to what God says and we refuse to listen to the Word of God. And what God meant to transform your life, Satan will take away from your life. What God has meant to tell you to transform your life, Satan has taken away from your life because your hearts are hard to the Word of God. So he tries to sow the seeds of of health in your life, but you're saying, no, 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 I've I've got this. I I don't want to listen to that. I don't want to hear that. He goes on to say, and the ones on the rock are those that when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. This is where the word of God falls on rocky soil. You hear it and you receive it with joy. This is a, a positive thing in your life. You like what the Word of God says. But when you go through a difficult time, to actually have you have to actually have to trust the Word of God and live it and obey it, you fall away because it's too hard. You believe for a while, but in a time of testing, you fall away. And I, I attribute most of the falling away of that because you you don't the word isn't your word, it's somebody else's word. I can teach you what the Word of God says. I can preach to you what the Word of God says, but often you're believing what I say, not what the Bible says. You will listen to a preacher and you'll say, well that that must be truth, but you're believing his truth, not the truth for yourself. like I said, that pastor that preached a message uh, when Jesus passes by that moved me to surrender my life to the kingdom. It wasn't His Word that moved me. It was the Spirit of God's Word that was spoken to me through the Word of God that was being preached that caused me to surrender my life to the kingdom. So when things have gotten hard, I haven't backed away from that calling because it wasn't His Word that called me into it. It was God's Word that called me into it. But how many people have you seen come and receive the Word of God with joy and And all of a sudden it gets hard and it's like, you know, you mean I got to come to church every week? Yeah. You mean I got to read my Bible all the time? Yeah. You mean I got to pray? Yeah. You mean I got to tithe? Hold it. You mean I got to go through trial and tribulation? Yeah. Yeah. God's trying to hold your life and your fighting it because you don't have any root nothing holding you to live the word of God because you believe the word of God as for the and as for what fell among the thorns they are those that hear but as they go on their way they're choked by the cares and the riches and the baseball games of life Sorry, I heard a pastor talk about that earlier this week, so I thought I'd repeat it. And their fruit does not mature. It's talking about those who hear it, but there's so much going on. There's so much in their life going on. So, they're so busy that they don't have time for God's Word. Listening to church, preaching in a church setting becomes inconvenient. There's other things I could be doing with my time. I could listen to it at my leisure, not at God's pleasure. And God's trying to hoe the weeds in your life. He's trying to dig some things up that are going to choke you out. But you think, oh, they're okay. Those, those things are a good part of my life. I'll just leave them alone. Instead of And, and instead, they, they choke out your faith life. You just never mature. And that's where I see the average Christian in America today is in a place of immaturity, not in a place of maturity spiritually. Because you reject the hoeing of God. You don't want to be pruned. You don't want hoeing. As for that in the good soil, there are those who hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. So there is hoeing that develops a healthy spiritual life, but often we fall to the first three before we even get to the fourth one. We reject hoeing. God's trying to till up the soil so you will bear spiritual fruit and bear this amazing spiritual life. But you reject it when he does it. And we reject watering. Watering. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell the clouds, don't rain rain down. Ephesians 5, 25 and 26 says, Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. The word word here means um, not logos or scripture, but it means rema, meaning spoken word. There's a watering that occurs according to the scriptures, through a church that comes from the preaching of the word of God. But we resist the preaching of the word of God. There's something cleansing the scripture saying that, is, that happens under the teaching of the word of God in a church setting. and it's evidence, And it's evidence of Christ's love for the church. God gave you preaching to purify you to the power of the preached word. But we've minimized church attendance. We've minimized, well, you guys are here today, so I'm not rebuking you. But. We've, we've minimized being in a place where God knows you and God knows me and God put us together to water your soul. And I wonder how often we reject the work of God in his vineyard. You know, there's worse things in life than pruning, hoeing, and watering. The word of God may never change you. Could you imagine getting up to heaven and being one of those who say, Lord, Lord, have we not done all these wonderful things in your name? And he says, yeah, depart from me, ye that work in equity. I never knew you. Sure, you thought you knew me, but I didn't know you. But I was in church since I was a kid. Yeah, but you never let the word of God transform you. You never let the spirit of God transform change you. You never let the Son of God come inside of you. Do you know what could be worse than watering, pruning, and hoeing? could be that the world you live in might consume you. The very world that He's trying to keep away from you and protect you from could consume you. And the water God offers you may never cleanse you. That's a sad song. This is where God's wrath come in. comes in. I won't protect you. I won't provide for you because you refused to produce for me though I planted you in a very fertile hill. See, we think God's wrath is fire and brimstone and all that but that's not what it is. He says, fine, I'll just let the devil have you. I'll just not provide a healthy spiritual life for you. Because you refused to produce for me, though I planted you on a very fertile hill. He looks at us and says, why are you producing wild grapes? It's got to be frustrating to God, being a merciful God, knowing the best life for us is a life drawn from the Holy Spirit and drawn from the Son, Jesus He wants to protect us and to provide for us so that he may produce in us the most beautiful life. And yet, how many of you are living the most beautiful Christian life you've ever imagined? Some of you are, but not all of you are. When he looks out in his vineyard, when he looks at his church, when he looks at his people, and he says, why are you producing wild grapes? It's got to be frustrating for him when he's given us such a great opportunity to produce Healthy fruit. And I thought about that from a father's standpoint. And I'm going to try to make this. Make something out of this that I didn't put in my notes. How many of you fathers have looked at your kids and went. What happened? I gave them every opportunity for success. I gave them love. I gave them life. I gave them freedom to choose. I taught them the right way to go. I taught them the right things to do. Why did it produce wild grapes? See, I believe, dads, that you can do everything right and your children could still choose to do wrong. I think you could be the most perfect father on the planet. You could be just like God and Two out of your three kids turn out one way and the one turns out another way. And you look at them and you go, <laughs> why? And you think it's your fault. Amen, dads? Some of you have raised your kids in church. You've, you've taught them the right way to do it. You've taught them how to love a woman. You've taught them how to, how, you taught, as, as, if you're a mom, you've taught them how to love a husband. yet they don't know how to have a relationship with people. And you've done everything right. And you look at them and you go, why, what, 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 How did I get this? That's how God feels. When he looks at us and he says, I've given you every opportunity to live the best life possible. Why Are you producing sour grapes? Because I think, Dad, most of you are doing better than you think you are. I'm not saying you're perfect. Don't get me wrong. You're not God. Please don't think you are. And if you're a single mom, you're trying to do both roles and you're doing the best you can. I don't think you're doing as bad as you think you are. Somebody's having a tough day. And I tried to figure out what, what is God asking us to do if we're not producing the fruit that he expects? And one verse came to mind and I'm trying to not take it out of context but I'm just trying to teach the principle. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7.14 which many of us know says if my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Because if he heals our land, if he heals our spiritual lives, if he heals the vineyard, We're more likely to produce good fruit. Are you with me? But there's a big if there. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves just like your children, dad. Some days your children are going to wake up, some day your children are going to wake up and say, dad, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Amen? I, may, some of you are still waiting for that. Hopefully it'll happen. Because they'll humble themselves, they'll look at their lives and they'll say, it wasn't the fault of God that my life turned out this way. This is because I rejected the work of God. It's not the fault of my dad that I'm this way it's because I rejected the work of my dad and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways I love this then I will hear from heaven and dads wouldn't you do this if your child came to you that went, went sour and came back to you and said I was wrong and said dad forgive me wouldn't you forgive him And wouldn't you begin to heal that relationship that was broken by bad choices? Because that's what God does with us when we choose to reject His pruning and hoeing and watering. Matthew 3.8 says, bear fruit with keeping in keeping with repentance. We bear fruit when we're we, we keep up on repentance when we keep repenting of our sin see this doesn't have to stay a sad song it doesn't have to say a, stay a sad story where where you raised your kids a certain way and they turned out another way and you've got this separation between them and there's this issue that's there and this horrible life that you have family life that you have you can restore that but it's got to come with repentance That sad part of the song can become the sweet part of the song where its relationship is restored. If you've fallen away from God, if you're not, if you're not under his protection, you've stepped out and you feel like you're under attack of Satan, submit yourself there front of God, resist the devil and he'll flee. But you've got to repent. You've got to submit yourself there front of God and say, I'm sorry God, I went my own way. I did my own thing. I rejected the work of God in my life. I rejected the word of God. I rejected the, the, the chastening of God. See, this doesn't have to say, stay a sad song. Unless you want it to stay a sad song. See, I, I love that even though God says, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. He's going to do that but he'll also forgive us of our sin. But you've got to be repentant, which doesn't happen a lot today. There's not a lot of repentance in this generation today. And I'm not talking about age generation. I'm talking about moment in time. We're not a repentant people because to be repentant, we have to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord so he lifts us up. Isaiah chapter 5 is sweet in that God says, I'm going to give you Jesus and I'm going to give you my spirit and you're going to have the best life possible. It's sad when you don't live in that realm. When you refuse it, when you reject it. So if you're living a sad life, it's not because God's not there. Or doesn't want to be there, it's because you've rejected him. And all you gotta do is repent. And you'll bear fruit of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. What would be a sad song is if he never came home. And that's the last illustration I'll use is the parable of the 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 parable of the the guy. <laughs> Prodigal son. There you go. I knew I'd get it. Because some of you have walked away from God. Some of you have run away from God. And you've spent your life in riotous living. And you found out that it sucks. And you don't realize that you've got a father that's just sitting there right on the hillside waiting for you to come home. He's been waiting for you to come home for a long time. There, there isn't a, a dad in this room that doesn't have a child that's gone wild that isn't waiting for that. That should be, if he's a Christian man, shouldn't be waiting for his son or his daughter to come home. And what a joyous day it would be if that child came home and was humble and repentant and said, Dad, I'm sorry, I've sinned against you. And he says, don't worry about it, I forgive you. Let's have a party. Because that's what Jesus does with us. What's sad is if you'd stay in that place Of hurt and pain and suffering, unprotected from your father, not wanting him to prune you and to to hoe you and to water you, because Dad's that's what you should be doing with your kids—pruning the unhealthy parts of their life away, tilling the soil with a hoe getting the weeds, getting, get, slowing their lives down a little bit. I'm amazed at how busy kids are today. Like they shouldn't be that busy. They're kids. My dad used to take me, put me in a truck, take me out in the woods and make me sit in the truck all day. Because he knew I'd just get in trouble if I was home. I hated it then. I wish I could do that now. Just go sit in a truck all day. It was the best thing for me. I remember my dad sharing the word of God with me, watering me with the word and bringing me to church whether I wanted to go or not. He was one of those old school dads that said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. wasn't one of those dads that said, okay, well, it's Father's Day, let's stay home and let's, this is my day. No, today's not your day, this is God's day and you get a part in it. Do you want to be welcomed home? Then come home. Because God has planted you on a very fertile hill and He expects you to bear a great life. He doesn't expect you to produce wild grapes. Let's pray. In fact, let's stand as we pray. Father, the older I get and the more that I do this, the less I, less confident I feel in what I do. But the more confident I feel about what you do. I'm not here to produce a sermon that makes people think that I'm something special. Because without your word and without your spirit, it's just nothing. It's just, we're just sitting around talking about stuff that is stupid. But if we listen with spiritual ears, Maybe today can be a day of restoration of relationship. We're sons and daughters of the Most High God. As we are children of the Most High God and the Most High God's for us. We can bear the fruit of the Spirit because we're connected to the vine. Of Jesus Christ. And we can have a happy life. We can have a peaceful life. We can have a joyful life. If we stop refusing. The work you're trying to do in your vineyard. Father each one of us has an answer. To why we're producing wild grapes. We just need to be honest with that and confess that to you today. Why have we walked away from you? Why have we rejected you? Why have we turned away from your chastening? It's not because you're not a good father because you are the best father ever. As the song says, that's who you are. You're just a good father. And Father, I want to pray for those fathers in the room, Lord God, that they're, they've got some wild grapes in their family. And they did the best they could. Restore those broken relationships. Say, let today be a day of restoration, not a day of rejection or rebellion. Let today be something special in the, in the families of this church. as the wild child comes home. And Father, maybe if somebody in this room is that wild child, maybe today's the day that they turn around from the direction they're going and come back home. Come back home to you as God, our Father. Make sure we're connected to the vine, Jesus Christ and surrender to the Spirit of God that we may bear spiritual fruit to be healthy and happy and holy. But we must surrender today. You're a good Father. And We love you for it. In Jesus, we pray with every head bowed and every eye closed. How many in the room would say, "Pastor, pray for me. My, I've got some wild children. They're not wild, wild, but they've just not turned out spiritually the way that I had hoped." Amen. Is there anyone else? Amen. Amen. I appreciate your honesty. You may have done everything right. Let's let God do his work right now. Father, in the hearts of those dads who did the best they could, it may not have even been perfect, but they did the best they could. Things didn't turn out the way that they had hoped. But Father, today work on the hearts of those children that are distant. Work on the hearts of those who are far from you and bring them home. Let them wake up as the scripture teaches on the prodigal son. Let them wake up to their condition so they can turn around and come to a new direction in relation to you. Let this be a day of restoration of families in Christ. Encourage them, Father. Still with heads bowed and eyes closed. How many of you would say, Pastor Andy, pray for me. I'm one of those prodigal children. Amen. Amen. Let's pray again if we can. Father, repentance is the road back to home. Let today be a day where we say to you, Father, we've sinned against you and you only have we sinned. And I want to come home. Father, lead them back to you to a place of restoration where the Son of God is in their veins and the Spirit of God is in their hearts. where they once again can live the best life possible in Christ. Father, that might mean for some of us that you're going to have to do some pruning in our lives. There's going to be, be some things that are not fruitful spiritually in our lives that need to be cut off. There's some hoeing that needs to be done. Some of the things that keep us busy and preoccupied and keep us away from you need to be dug up and, and, and dug out. And Father, we need to be under the water of the word that we may be cleansed of our sins, that we might confess them in, in, in a way that's not all at once, Father, because personally, I can't handle all my sins being dealt with in one second unless it's a prayer of salvation. But help us to surrender them one at a time so we can be honest when we confess. Encourage our hearts, Father, please, to come back home. And let us know that we're welcome. Let us feel your loving arms. Let us feel the fertile ground that you planted us in. Mm -hmm. We love you, Jesus. Come on, let's just, just give Jesus a couple of minutes of love. Amen. Just tell him. Tell him how you feel about him. Tell him how you feel. Don't be afraid of who's sitting next to you. We love you, Jesus. And Jesus we pray. Amen. Oh, I got some singers behind me. Are we singing something? We're going to sing a song. Happy Father's Day, by the way.
1: now is ending in the kingdom of light in the kingdom of light forever under your dominion you're the king of my life you're the king of my life you reign above it all you reign There is no higher name Jesus you reign above it all and On the cross the work was finished God you poured out your life just to give us new life Just from the lips of the forgiven here an anthem arise, because Jesus, your life, oh. You reign above it all. You reign above it all. Over the universe and over every heart, there is no higher name. Jesus, you reign. seated alone in glory enthroned on the highest praise you sent the darkness running out of an empty grave now seated alone in glory thrown on the highest praise you sent the darkness running out of an empty grave now seated alone in glory throned on the highest praise. You sent the darkness running out of an empty grave. Now seated alone in glory. And thrown on the highest praise. You sent the darkness running out of an empty grave. Now seated alone in glory. And thrown on the highest praise. With the darkness running out of an empty grave Now seated alone in glory and thrown on the highest praise oh, You reign above it all you reign above it all let all of heaven and the earth erupt in song sing hallelujah to the everlasting one there is no higher name jesus you reign No higher name. Jesus you raised. no higher name jesus you reign above it all
0: For his birthday tomorrow. So let's just sing happy birthday to our pastor Andy. I know he hates this. But... I'm 60. I stopped having birthdays last year. <laughs> okay, everybody, come on, let's all join in. Happy birthday
1: to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday.